my young sisters and brothers, what might I say to you? The first thing I want to say to you is I feel very close to you. Granted, I haven't met you, each and every one of you, but somehow we are tied to each other. Fundamentally, because we're engaged, you and I, in this marvelous, human, exquisite, really miraculous process called education. And I guess the other reason I can use those terms to call you my young sisters and brothers all is because coming from where I come from, out of the South and very definitively out of the Civil Rights Movement. That is language that we used and must continue to use to say that without any doubt, we really are tied to each other. In the deepest sense of family, we're gonna either make this thing work together or none of us will succeed. Now, I believe very deeply, as I hope that you do, and certainly folk have said from this podium, perhaps not in quite this language, but they've said that, you know, education is a lifelong process. It's not an event. It's not a happening. Life, in fact, is far more a process than a moment of success. And yet I find that in searching for those only two things that I might say to you this afternoon, I'm going to go back to lessons that I learned really as a kid. You know that wonderful book about everything you need to know you can learn in kindergarten? Well, I'm going to tell you two things that I learned that despite my openness to all sorts of new ideas and experiences still remain rock bottom true. And I really learned them fundamentally from my parents, from my family, and the community that I grew up in. The first that I want to share with you is that it is profoundly important to really believe in yourself. Now, you should listen to what other folks say about you, but you better believe in who you are. Suppose I had listened in the Jim Crow South of Jacksonville, Florida, to folk who told me that I was less than they. Suppose I had really believed that black folk ain't too bright. Suppose I had somehow accepted the view of thousands of people in our nation at that moment in time. And as I grew and developed and listened, suppose I had accepted really the dominant view that is still the view that women folk just can't do quite as well as men folk. You know, complicated things that we can't do, like drive cars or, uh, you know, play a jazz saxophone or, or president a college. Of course it's important to listen and to understand what the world around you says. But I tell you, you better believe 
in yourself. The second thing that I think I learned very, very definitively, and I learned it early on, it's interesting how these, these experiences echo among us. I was told in no uncertain terms, not only that I was an individual of worth, that I really was and could become someone. I was told I was pretty lucky, that I was fortunate. But there was a cost, my folks said, to being so fortunate. And the cost was quite simply that because I had so much, I had to give so much. Regardless of what is your particular religious belief, somehow you've heard it in language that goes like, from those to whom much has been given, much is expected. And so I was taught that in the words of Marion Wright Edelman, a wonderful Spelman College graduate, I was taught very early on that doing for others is just the rent you pay for living on this earth. Or in the words of one of my fellow honorees, Ellie Wiesel, I really learned that our lives don't belong to us alone. They really belong to those who need us most. And so that's the sense in which I find enormous joy in doing for others. Whether it's chairing the board of the United Way, working in the Atlanta Children's Shelter, I find that the greatest joy in my life is not figuring out what I'm going to do for me, but figuring out some way in which I can connect with someone else. These are two ideas that we put a lot of weight on at Spelman College. Tempting to say to young women that all of those myths and stereotypes about who you are and what you can and cannot do, you have the possibility to walk away from. Perhaps that's why at a place called Spelman, 38% of our students, black women, major in mathematics, physics, biology, chemistry, computer science, and a dual degree program in engineering. I guess they just didn't believe that women can't do science and black folk don't like math. It's also the reason that at Spelman, at least half of our students are deeply engaged in community service, rocking little babies in Grady's hospital on the pediatric, on the special pediatric ward, serving food in homeless shelters, spending time with old folk whose main disease is loneliness. And so those are two lessons that I share with you out of my own life. I want to bring closure now on my comments, and I want to tell you a story because I think that in so many ways we learn best by sharing each other's stories. And it's my hope that the story that I'm going to tell you will capture the two points that I've made. I know there's at least one person here who's heard the story before because I told it at her university graduation. It's the story of a young girl walking on a beach early, early, early one morning. 
systematically picking up starfish and throwing them into the ocean. An old man came along on the beach doing his early morning walk. He looked ahead and he spotted this young girl engaging in this repetitious process. Couldn't understand it, decided to rush ahead and find out directly from her what in the world was she doing. And so when he caught up to her, he said to her, my daughter, uh, what is this that you're doing? And she said, why, sir, can't you see? I'm picking up the starfish. I'm throwing them into the ocean. He said, oh, my child, I don't want to bruise you, but surely you know that there's starfish as far as the eyes can see. What good will it do? Why, it reminds me, said he, of our world, filled with problems of poverty and racism and sexism, of war. There's nothing there that you can do. What you're doing doesn't matter. She said, but sir, if I can find a starfish and throw it into the ocean before the sun comes up, that starfish will live. He says, well, I know. But I'm going to tell you again, what you are doing, it doesn't matter. At which point, with enormous confidence in who she saw herself to be. She picked up the next starfish, threw it into the ocean, and she said, but it matters to this one. And those are the messages I leave with you, that you know who you are far more important than who you will be and what you will become. And secondly, that you find some way to do not just for yourself, but to do for others. Make it matter to somebody else. I'd love to hear your questions.